welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games from HanselFandom.com. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Dave. Hello, Chicago Bears wearing hat boy. What's up? I'm good. We we had a good draft. We uh, Chicago Bears, things are looking up. It can't get worse, literally, but... That's true. Um, yeah. yeah. It would be hard for the Bears to have a bad draft after the year they had. Like, they should have... Like, there's literally no excuse... For them not to have the best draft possible. They, no, they could have made some really dumb choices on who they picked and stuff. Sure. Uh, but they, they also had a really crafty GM who stockpiled a whole bunch of picks. So they, they put themselves in a really good position to have a nice little upturn in, in positivity. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Have they considered drafting a bear? <laughs> that is a fantastic idea. <laughs> I would I would watch baseball. If there was just, it doesn't have to be more than one bear. Well, it's football. <laughs> it, this is a video game podcast. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter which sport it is. I want there to be a bear. <laughs> That's just so funny to me that. Yeah. Wait, the Cubs? That's a different team. Yeah. Apparently. That then is what's, baseball. Then what's the hat? Bears. Oh, okay. I just was thinking about bears. That makes sense. I mean, you're right. Cubs and bears are generally considered together in nature. True, true. A cub is a type of bear. <laughs> it's a baby bear. I think cubs can also refer to other baby animals, but I don't remember which oh. ones. Brandon, how are you doing after that? I'm doing all right. Okay. Just all right today. Yeah. Are baby sharks also called cubs? Uh, I couldn't tell you. That sounds right. I'd watch a shark as well. Just any cub, any any species of cub. Um, but I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, let's leave it at that. I'm doing okay. okay. Rough rough week so far, and it's only Tuesday, boys. So it's only going to get better. Just like the Cubs or the Bears or whatever the fucking team you, you're just talking about. <laughs> it's really hard to get an answer to this question because when you Google baby shark, I think you know what comes up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Search what is a baby shark called? Okay, I, I'm normally too lazy to. Uh, yeah, go I get that it. Far, but uh, yeah, it's a cub or a pup. That's cool, dude. A pup. Yeah. That's cute. Now that seems ass backwards because we already have a pup. Mm, I don't know. Seals, I think, are called pups. There's too many things called the same thing. Hmm. Like ginger. Yeah. It's a food. It's also a human. And one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Does she play baseball? She might. Okay. I'd watch. How old are the Spice Girls now? Are they old and haggard? Are they still hot? I um, see uh, Ginger Spice quite a bit because she's married to uh, um, one of the, uh, the the team boss. Sorry, what'd you say? Do you guys hang out? No, but she, she's always oh. at the F1 races. You see her all the time. Okay. Um, so, I didn't know you actually actively before. watched F1. I do. Okay. I, quite a lot. Christian Horner, that's her husband's name. He's the like coach of the Red Bull F1 team. So she's there all the time. She looks good. Yeah, she did well for herself. Nice. Cool. Well, this is a show about video games. <laughs> we talk about other things sometimes too. But uh, today we're talking about video games. And if you want to help support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Sign up and help support us for as little as a dollar a month. You get ad-free and early access to the shows, and you also get just the, the pleasure of knowing that you're helping us. And uh, if you want to help <laughs> us and our souls and our spirits, uh, you can do that with no money down, just your time and energy over on Discord at Discord. 
sorry, handsomefandom.com slash discord. We appreciate it. We like to have fun over there. We like to shit on Redfall and things like that, which we're going to be doing in this show. Also, uh, the ad for early access this week, uh, patrons are getting just slightly shafted by about 12 hours. No, like eight hours. Damn. We're going to be putting this episode out uh, a couple hours late so we can hit an embargo that we're going to talk about later for a game that I reviewed. And, uh, but that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing. Gentlemen, let's talk about Dead Island. No, we talked about that last week. God, I just pulled up the wrong doc. Let's talk about Darkest Dungeon. We haven't talked about Darkest Dungeon a whole lot. I don't think any of us have played it more than I played it like a couple minutes of it one time on yeah. somebody else's console. But according to this, uh, opattack.com, Darkest Dungeon 2, dev talks about gameplay, sales, mods, and more. And basically, uh, the, the gist of this is that Darkest Dungeon has sold 6.5 million copies. Damn. That's a lot of copies for a, like a small little indie game Yeah, that barely had any cost. In, I shouldn't say barely any cost involved. I don't know what their costs were, but compared to yeah. a AAA game, yeah. not a lot of copy, not a lot of costs. But Darkest Dungeon 2 is going to be coming out soon. And so far, they have sold 300,000 early access units on the Epic Game Store alone. So do either one of you want to give Darkest Dungeon 2 a shot? Brandon, this kind of seems like your kind of game to me. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. I watched Dustin play it. It yeah. seemed very interesting. I keep looking at it on Game Pass. Um, why not? Yeah. I probably will try it at some point, um, but I'd be interested to see how they kind of build upon it. I mean, obviously a smashing success. Uh, clearly just astronomical numbers comparatively um, to the size uh, of the studio, but um, really cool idea. Uh, very dark and dungeonous as the name implies. Yeah, I mean, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, <laughs> good. But uh, no, this is good. And Imagine the, if it was called like Bright Meadow, yeah. but it was actually not brightly lit room. Yeah, with the same theme though. That would that would be kind right. Of yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but no, yeah, it's super cool. Um, l- love the art style, but excited for the second one. Yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. Especially, I mean, assumedly it'd be on Game Pass as well. Well, so that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Um, the first one is on Game Pass, and they were asked if they were going to put the second one on Game Pass. And they just simply came back with, we have nothing to announce at this time. Okay, so no. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? 300,000 copies already sold in early access on Epic Game Store. Maybe it's not even technically early access. I think it's just pre-sold. Any reason to put a game that you know is going to have critical success like that on Game Pass? I don't know. That's a weird one. It's it's interesting that they're, they're pretty clearly saying that um, the the darkest dungeon number was units sold, not number of copies that people have played. Right. Um, so, you know, this is exclusive from game pass. So um, yeah, I, you'd think like they'd kind of start out as a full release exclusive from subscription services and then kind of move to that. If, if they didn't get the reception that they wanted, or if they wanted to stimulate sales like in year two or something like that. But yeah, it is an interesting approach because I mean, clearly this game is a following. Um, and, you know, there's people out there who want to <clears throat> get right into the second one with, you know, a, th- a third of a million copies sold right off the bat. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird approach to take, but um, it's going to be successful either way. And I wonder if they really grew their team for this. Like, I wonder if their costs really went up for developing this game. Because it's been a while. It's not like Darkest Dungeon 1 came out, like, like just last year. Like, this game is, like, four or five years old or something it's 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 fairly old but yeah 
Um, the other thing that really gets me about this is like, yes, it's an indie game, but it's also like a really hard like strategy. Like it's kind of a niche game, so yeah, for it, it to sell yeah. as many titles or uh, like copies as it did, like it, I don't see it as something with such mass appeal. So. I mean, good for them. It's it's always great to see these indie kind of studios put out something that has this much success. But I was just yeah. thinking about if they wanted, if Microsoft wanted to be super aggressive, they could potentially because Darkest Dungeons on everything right now, right? It's like it's on all the systems. I think so. Yeah. If if Microsoft really wanted to shell out some big bucks, they could get it for Game Pass. Have, I mean, I'm sure it has big money yeah. and prevent it from going to PlayStation. I mean. I don't know that the devs would want that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that, like, even though the units have been sold, I am in agreement with Dave in the fact that, like, I don't feel like most people, like, this isn't the first game they would want to play. I don't know. It is niche in a lot of ways, as, like, you know, a game like Dark Souls and Elden Ring are. Um, right. But in a different way altogether. Boys, last week, uh, it came out the day after we recorded and we didn't get to talk about it so i wanted to briefly discuss i don't want to beat this dead horse we've tried to stay away from a lot of this news over the time because it's like what's the point but the cma uh the something 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 it's in europe you know if that matters sure uh they came out and said uh, they were going to block the activision acquisition or sorry the microsoft act acquisition of activision uh, and one of the key concerns they raised was cloud gaming which is funny because there's not very much cloud gaming already. So like they're growing a market and then already stopped and being incentivized from growing it further. I don't know. Anyway, the CMA has blocked it so far. We know that Microsoft is planning to appeal it, but it's not looking good because the CMA has never really overturned a ruling like that. And we also know that it wasn't just Sony that was out there saying that it shouldn't be. They were the ones who were most vocal, but a couple different entities and they didn't really mention what they were but it said the views of third parties were mixed some major gaming businesses considered that the merger would seriously harm competition and that the behavioral remedy proposed by microsoft was ineffective inadequate and or would distort the market that's what the cma wrote so dave i want to know what do you think just in general about this whole situation uh is the deal dead in your opinion should they keep pursuing it i don't know let's just riff about it because nobody actually knows what's going to happen so yeah, guess. I I was I kind of started to tune this out because you're right. Like there there was a little bit of news on this every single week for a long time, but it wasn't enough to really kind of keep my attention. But everything I was kind of hearing and understanding, I was really getting the sense that like this was moving forward. It was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. So uh, I don't know if that was actually how things were progressing, but in any case, when I when I heard this news break i thought first wow i am very surprised this this sounded like a slam dunk um and then my second kind of wonder was like is this it is it dead in the water it certainly seems so but i mean we're talking about microsoft and activision if these two juggernaut company companies want this to happen then you know there's a good chance that someone's going to push this forward i'm also surprised to hear that there was a lot of um players in the third party that were raising concern over this. And I, I suspect they're not named, but I also suspect Sony was probably going around and finding friends and saying, Hey, like, 
you got to kind of pull some strings for us because we really need this to not happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I guess the saga isn't over, but it's, it's, I, I don't think, you know, this Microsoft Activision deal is going to be imminent anytime soon, but yeah, really surprising. Seemed like it was just inevitable, but I guess we're going to have to continue talking about this for a long time because yeah. here we are. Brandon, what additions to the horses beating do you have? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is just surprising. It seemed to be smooth sailing. Um, now, I'm from the camp of I really genuinely don't think this deal should have ever happened or it didn't need to happen. Um, really? That, I didn't I didn't know that. that we talked about this so little on the show because it was like in flux that I didn't know that. Right. But, you know, I don't know. Who cares? They're both going to do fine either way, whether it happens or not. I think it is interesting that of all the people that have approved it there's just like one big hang up at this point um i do think that there's trouble in the water i mean because there's never been a precedent i think that that kind of means to me that there's not going to be one made i mean maybe for a deal of this size but um i mean honestly it's probably it, it definitely is the biggest deal in gaming that's ever happened and probably the biggest one that ever could i mean not, i shouldn't say ever could happen but like as of right now there's nothing else out there worth this much money right so they're really just breaking ground on stuff like this um but i mean moreover i think that however this shakes out will kind of shape the landscape not because of the acquisition but because of the precedent set right um so i think i think that you know end all be all i think we will get um, you know, an idea of how large mergers will work and, you know, obviously will happen at some point um, between gaming companies in the future. So right. um, the only other option is to not sell your games in the UK. And we know that's not going to happen. Right. I so mean, they would have to. That's totally literally. Just, yeah, there's no way. There's literally no way. So they're going to have to try and appeal it. Um, and I don't know if this is the sort of thing that like, you know, if you dump enough money into it, it'll make it go away. But. I don't know. It just is very strange that so many people were okay with it. So many countries, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and then we have the one outlier. So, kind of wild. Yeah. How about the idea that the biggest reason they cited was because of yeah I cloud gaming. I, so, like, is that just like tone deaf lawyers? Or like tone deaf council people, like like anti monopoly council people that like don't understand that that's probably not one of the bigger factors. I mean, maybe maybe they have stats that they were presenting that we don't know, but like yeah, I just I don't see that. I mean, Dave, who else is in the cloud gaming market right now? Stadia's out, uh, Amazon Luna to some extent. Yeah, I, I suppose say Luna. But like, but they're not going anywhere. How often do we like? I don't know. We don't talk about everything, but like, it's not like, you know, your little cousin isn't coming up to you talking about Luna or something. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't think it's like mass appeal by any means. Even cloud gaming, even if it is the one of the bigger proponents um, in the the streaming service, you know, the streaming ecosystem right now, I still don't think it's the <laughs> the leading. Uh, a revenue source of the leading talk about town as far as the deal goes. So that seemed that was very strange to me for them to specifically cite that of all things. Dave, is there some big Canadian streaming conglomerate we don't know about down here in the States? 
Beaver Boys streaming, cloud the streaming. They run out of a shed in a field in in uh, Norfolk, Ontario. I would I would watch that absolutely. <laughs> Beaver no, Boys. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Does GeForce Now fall into that category? I I mean, NVIDIA. Yeah. Is a, I mean, a they do, big... but I think they worked out a deal with them. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I guess and a couple CMA. other streaming companies from Europe that I didn't know about. I mean, cloud gaming is what it is right now, but we we can safely assume that it's going to have a you know a much larger impact in five right. to ten years. So, I suspect the CMA is just looking ahead a little bit, which I guess is wise. But um, and maybe maybe that's it. I mean, this 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 deal obviously isn't centered around Call of Duty. Like Call of Duty isn't getting any younger. There's there's other assets at play here. So. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's just the here and now, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, what this could mean for the future of the market and how it's evolving now. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm kind of thinking of it in the mindset of Call of Duty being the juggernaut, but, uh, so to speak, Call of Duty stock is down right now, mm-hmm. right. Uh, down bad in a way. Uh, so yeah, maybe it is a future play. Um, but I don't know. Definitely strange. I wouldn't be mad if they were just separate companies. Like that's perfectly fine. But like, so I'll, I'll turn the question on you, Ben, like in your mind is the deal debt. Um, I think in the Microsoft just straight up buys Activision and owns them everywhere and everything happens. That part of the deal is probably dead. There's no precedent for any of this, so there's also no precedent for what could transpire, so maybe not. But I'd say if there is any hope of it going forward, something different is going to happen that's going to have to be spun off somehow or excluded from certain markets in, in certain ways, um, thereby actually punishing consumers instead of protecting them. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that Microsoft is going to be unwilling to go down without a fight obviously especially since they're gonna still owe activision like i think over three billion dollars if they don't get the deal through there's some kind of kill clause in there for that but i think in the traditional way we thought the deal was going to go through it is probably dead yes that's yeah. my guess hmm. it's just a guess i'm, I'm yeah. not i don't have any other than listening to other people talk about it i don't have any extra insight dude maybe they'll just like repropose majority stake or something you think that's a possibility? That would still have to go through. Yeah, but instead of acquiring, like... I mean, acquiring is just acquiring 100% of the stake. Right. So if you acquire 51%, yeah. that's still... Yeah. I think even even lower amounts still have to go through FTC and everything. So I don't know. Could be crazy. Could be a wild time. You know what else has been a wild time? <laughs> Watching all this shit go down with Jedi Survivor... Uh, the game released last week and was in pretty bad shape, apparently. Um, EA Star Wars Twitter account even posted a link that, or a note that said, we are aware that Star Wars Jedi Survivor isn't performing to our standards for a percentage of our PC players, in particular those with high-end machines or certain specific configurations. Then they give some examples of what may be the issue. While there is no single comprehensive solution for PC performance, the team has been working on fixes we believe will improve performance across a spectrum of configurations. Etc. Etc. We're committed to fixing this. Yada yada yada. Dave, this is not the first time, or the last time, probably. It's not even the only time in the last seven days 
that we've seen a game come out and be completely broken. And they're specifically citing PC performance, but there were major issues on consoles as well. What's going on and how do we get them to stop doing this where people are paying full price for games that are just broken? Uh, there's nothing we can do, unfortunately. Um, this game what? will be... Our little podcast can't do anything? No. Oh, oh sorry, boys. This Damn. this game will be remembered in a positive light. I mean, yeah, yeah the PC performance is shit, but this will be quickly forgotten because... Um, Everything else is pointing to this being a fantastic game. I don't know if you guys have played it yet, but uh, we, we've had people in the Discord mention how great it is, and I've had friends, and and you know I, I think the majority of, of consumers are probably buying this on console. This is egregious, and this is annoying, and this is this is a publisher not prior, prioritizing testing. Um, this is a publisher prioritizing you know cramming in as much you know marketing and stuff like that as they can, and. Um, Testing is an investment and it costs money. And, and you know, publishers have realized over the past several years that they can kind of cut corners there and, you know, we'll all be really pissed off about it, but the game's still going to sell millions of units. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't pre-order games. Um, I am going probably to buy this game when it's $20 because it's going to be 20 bucks at some point. And, and I, I wish EA and, and big publishers wouldn't do this kind of stuff. Um, but they will continue to do it. And it's, I don't want to say it's intentional, but like, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. We're going to talk about Redfall later and I'm actually like angry about Redfall, but this kind of falls into the same boat. But again, people are going to remember this game for just being a great game. Uh, and, and no one's going to be talking about this, you know, these PC issues in like six months. So, right. I don't know. Brandon. Yeah. Now, is your sneezing fit over? I, did, yeah. I didn't go to you yeah. first on that one because no, no. you were you were dying. <laughs> yeah, I was having an issue. I'm I'm good now. Okay, good. I'm good. What do you think about uh, not only Jedi's performance but the performance of other games? Just anything AAA seems lately to be just broken. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really frustrating. And um, just to kind of echo what Dave says, um, once again, he's just so eloquent. I keep he keeps, <laughs> he keeps stealing all the delicious thunder. Um, but it really doesn't matter as much to them when these games sell well. Um, we always talk about voting with your wallet and that's something I don't even do as much as I would love to. I guess I just assume that when you buy something, it comes out okay. And oftentimes it's fine um, after a while, but it's just really unfortunate, especially um, you know, for the people that have, paid a lot of money to build a nice PC machine and to hear that people, um, you know, with uh, high performing rigs were ones that were sometimes having the, the most problems. It, it definitely feels like as I've become someone who plays on PC, it feels like that market is often somehow like very much yeah. left behind. And I don't get it because um, assumedly a lot of the stuff is built on that. So I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand, I guess, is my problem. So um, it looks really cool. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I was not a huge fan of the first one, even though it was all the, all the right things for me. So I hope that they could fix it quickly. And I'm sure to keep up the, the legacy they had with the first one, they will try and remedy this fast. But it's just unfortunate that, you know, in general, not even with this game, um, that, uh, you know, in this case, it is even his console, but it's unfortunate that we keep 
getting uh, poor performing games out the gate, um, regardless of studio, regardless of size. Um, it just it seems to be the norm yeah. um, now with, I would say, probably like 60 or 70 percent of games. So, right. Crazy. Yeah, I did a, um, a video a little while back on about how PC perform- PC gaming kind of sucks right now. And so many people commented on that and were like telling me about issues I didn't even know about. But also, it's surprising to me that this had as many issues as it did on consoles. And they did the big patches for that, too. And I don't know. It just feels to me like they don't have to put these games out when they're putting them out. If they need more time, just take more time. But I understand like earnings reports and all that. Like yeah. they got to they got to show the investors. But come on. <laughs> And part of me is also like I I mentioned how this stuff's built on computers, right? right. A, a, a lot of it, but like the majority, you would assume that as technology gets better. Now I know that coding video games and making video games is a very difficult process, and it's like literally 300, 400, 500 time x the time that it used to be to make because there's so much more complex in so many different ways, but you know, my brain logically says that as technology gets better, we should have less of these problems. And it seems like in a lot of ways, it has gone the other way. Right. And that is very strange. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Sony has sold over 38.4 million PS5s following a record-breaking year. This comes by way of Engadget. It it says it sold 19.1 million units in fiscal year 2022 compared to 11.5 million in the year before. Quote, now that it's solved its supply shortages, Sony is seeing a lot of pent-up demand for PlayStation 5 consoles. The company just announced its second consecutive blockbuster quarter, selling 6.3 million PS5s, an impressive figure in a non-holiday period, compared to 2 million last year. That brings its total for fiscal year 2022 to 19.1 million, handily beating its own forecast of 18 million. The company has now sold 38.4 million PS5 since the console was released in late 2020. The news wasn't quite as good on the software side. Game sales were down to 68 million from 70.5 million a year ago and lower for the fiscal year. They give more stats there. PlayStation Network users dropped from 108 million to front to 108 million from 112 million the quarter before though ps plus subs were up very slightly so basically they still made a lot of money right is the, is the long and short of it brandon i'm thinking that there's a couple of things here one the reason the sales are up is because the availability is there now. oh absolutely they're finally catching up with demand and two the reason sales are down is because they haven't really other than god of war in the last year they haven't really put anything out first right. party i mean i guess the last of us part one Right. Remaster came out, right. but a remake. Um, so that's why sales are down a little bit. It's just because the games are cheaper and they haven't put out much. Yeah. But I don't know. What what are your thoughts on on PS five selling a bunch of copies? No, I mean this is good. Even anecdotally, um, I went to Best Buy and there was literally probably ten PS fives just like hanging out. Yeah. Like a lot more than I had ever seen, you know, for the longest time, I would see one here and there. Um, but to see like a a little corner of the Best Buy behind the checkout be just PlayStation 5s and not even just bundles. I mean, there was three or four bundles, which you see more of. Right. Um, just like actual, just plain. Just the units. Yeah. Themselves. yeah. Yeah. So that was 
that was really interesting and really cool. Um, I'm not surprised that we're seeing this sort of influx now that things are kind of back to the way they should be. I really wonder how long that's going to keep up, though, um, and when we're going to start to see more and more shelves just filled. Um, as it seems, I mean, they're just selling. So um, I think that PlayStation is winning <laughs> very much this generation. Um, and I'm not comparing Xbox and PlayStation. I'm just saying they're winning in general. Um, but um, I wonder I wonder on the back of that how Xbox is doing hardware-wise. Um, just curious. Um, but I saw, I saw a bunch of Xboxes. I saw a bunch of Switches. All the main consoles were in this Best Buy, and that was really awesome to see. So I'm just happy that people can play. Um, I think that really soon, uh, with these sort of numbers, we'll be seeing the iterations we had talked about, right. you know, a month ago or so. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. This is good. I mean, you know, they're putting out good games, even if it was at the end of last year. I'm excited to see what the rest of this year brings. But, Dave, any thoughts on that? Yeah, oh, Dave, I mean, Dave, we, Dave, we, sorry, real quick. Well, I, I was going to pitch it to you and say also this comes at a time when we're seeing Xbox's sales with hardware go down. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on how that also factors in, if it factors in at all. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, um, it's it's going to be another big year for for Sony because I mean you got God of War, which was for all intents and purposes a 2023 game, um, and then you know we get Final Fantasy uh, 16. Coming, yep. 16 mm-hmm. uh in just about a month uh month and a half or so you have uh diablo which i think is going to sell a lot of units on on playstation 5 and know it's on exclusive uh and then spider-man 2 so i mean this is still a huge year for sony um so yeah i mean just to echo what you know what brandon you're right i i, <laughs> I had to say it um it's playstation sony is clearly winning and and they are going to continue to win um and you know if 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 you're a gamer and you and you only have a PlayStation Five, you've you've really got um, you've got a lot of really really good stuff to choose from. So uh, as far as Xbox's hardware sales being down, I mean it's it's sad, but I mean there there really haven't been enough bangers out there to to get people to make that purchasing decision. You combine that with the fact that there's so much of what they offer that is still available on last generation or in the PC ecosystem and. And, you know, you just don't really need to buy an Xbox if you want to play Forza or Halo or Hi-Fi Rush or something like that. You can play it on PC or you can play on your Xbox One or something like that. So um, I think some of that is intentional. But in any case, if we're looking at this, this race is just, you know, a pure console thing. Then, yeah, Sony has got this generation in the bag. What I am curious about is, is considering this, this sort of lag in, in, in really having dominant hardware sales, what that does for Sony's plans strategically for the mid-gen upgrade. Like, are we going to see a little bit more of a delay in that Sony PlayStation 5 Plus or whatever it might be? Um, because you, normally you'd expect to see it around, you know, three, four years in. Are they going to push that by a couple years? I guess time will tell. But uh, in any case, they they are running away with this and and they're, they don't need to look back because <laughs> they've, they've got quite the schedule ahead of them, so... Yeah, good for Sony. Yeah, good for gamers. To, good for gamers. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to kind of, I agree with everything you said, but I kind of wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit. You mentioned about how you can play so many things still on the Xbox One. Um, obviously, it's going to be a better experience on the, the series consoles, but isn't that mostly also true 
for the PS5, like Horizon, um, God of War. I mean, everything but The Last of Us and Ratchet and Clank. I guess Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, those are PS5 exclusives, but like they're still putting out, maybe not anymore, but GT7, like they, they put out so many games that were still yeah. on last gen. I guess, is it just the the better experience of playing those games on newer hardware? And there just happens to be more of them from first party that are only available on PlayStation? I might have just answered my own question. but No, yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I mean, it is kind of the same experience, but I think it once again goes back to the, just the software. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the big titles, regardless of what generation you're on. And, you know, you were talking about the numbers. I saw something that maybe you guys can can back me up. I saw something that like with those sales records that the PS5 is set to outpace like it hasn't outpaced but with the spike that it's had re- within the past couple months it's at a higher rate than the PS4 was at this point in its life cycle. Did you see that? I didn't, but I believe it. Yeah. So that's kind of cool because, you know, I mean, the gargantuan that the PlayStation 4 was is is kind of insane. And I'm going to be interested in a year or two to see how those two stack up. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the the Xbox, uh, the series st- stacks up to the to the S and the X of uh, last generation. So, yeah, it will be interesting for sure. And I don't know, like, I think Sony does very much depend on their consoles selling in order to sell their their software, which is what's actually making them money and services. Whereas Xbox, they suffer a, a huge hardware decrease. And are they making less money? Because they're get, like, I'm playing most of my Xbox games on play, on PC through Game Pass. And they're pushing cloud really big. So I wonder, I wonder how much that, like a 30% decrease in Xbox probably doesn't hurt them as much as a 30% decrease in PlayStation 5s would hurt them. Yeah. If you know what I mean? That's fair. I don't know for sure, but that's what it seems like. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass, we've got Ravenlock, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Fuga, Melodies of Steel 2, and more. Uh, Where's the whole list? Don't just give me the headline. Okay, so Ravenlock comes out on May 4th, available on day one. That's when the game comes out. That's when it's a play- playable. Weird West Definitive Edition, Xbox Series X and S only. Uh, Shadowrun Trilogy, PC. Fuga, Melodies of Steel, May 11th. Cloud Console and PC, available day one. Any of these games calling your name, Brandon? Yeah, I'm interested in checking out um, Ravenlock. That's probably about it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about it. I saw it. Um, it was literally right in the title card next to what's coming next uh, was... Uh, On the Game Pass app? Yeah, Redfall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right near Redfall, and I was like, oh, this is the game Ben had mentioned. This looks cool. So none of the other ones I, I, I don't really know much about. I've seen stuff about Weird... Was it Weird West? Weird West, yeah. That looks kind of interesting. I don't think it's a game that I would gravitate towards, but always always as a game pass subscriber interested in seeing what's new so no point in not trying it to be honest with you so dave what about you yeah weird west is one that uh i'm i'm 
similar to you, Brandon, where like I had noticed it before, but I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's enough for me to kind of generate a purchase, but it being on Game Pass, I might check it out. So that and, um, you know, when you mentioned about Ravenlock, I, I did watch the trailer and I thought this looks pretty cool. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. But even uh, without your your glowing review, I think it's enough for me to check it out. So, yeah. I do very much think Ravenlock is a game you specifically will enjoy, Dave, just knowing knowing your uh your tastes i think you'll like it okay i wanted to kind of use this next story as a way to get into just a, like a hype check uh but it says it's from nintendopal.com nintendo reduces the file size for zelda tears of the kingdom on switch quote nintendo has recently revised the file size for the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom on the nintendo switch eShop, reducing it from the initial 18.2 gigabytes to a more manageable 16 gigabytes this update comes ahead of the game's highly anticipated release on May 12th. The significant file size can be attributed to the game's scope and features. Its predecessor, Breath of the Wild, requires 14.4 gigabytes of storage on the Switch. The upcoming sequel, however, promises an even larger open-world environment for players to explore, with new locations in the skies above Hyrule providing additional content and experiences. I'm trying to figure out if they have any speculation on why I didn't think there was anything. No, they cut no, the DLC out. They cut the DLC out. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Sometimes publishers do like give a higher amount than they actually think it's going to need, and then reduce it later. But anyway, I didn't necessarily want to talk about them reducing the file size as much as I just wanted to kind of get a hype check. Dave, we're starting with you, the least Nintendo hater of the entire show, uh, the man who plays all his AAA games on the Switch if he can. How you feeling about Tears of the Kingdom? Is it day one for you? Uh, I think so. Um, all of the previews came out last week, and it seems that Nintendo has really doubled down on this physics playground that they have. Um, it sounds like performance is still what it is, but I don't think anybody really expected that. You know, this was this was suddenly going to run like a dream on Switch. Um, I'm sure they've just made it work, but. I don't know. It's uh, it's looking pretty good. It looks like there's a lot of fun things you can do in the game and just kind of... It's an open world game and there's a lot of open world games out there, but like there's something just different about the way um, Breath of the Wild did it and it looks like Tears of the Kingdom is just kind of going to pick up where it left off. And and yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping in and and I don't need like to heat my, my house this upcoming winter because... Uh, my switch is just going to power the heating throughout the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is probably a day one or close to the good thing about Nintendo's games is like, you don't have to wait for a sale because they never go on sale. Right, right. So you might as well just buy it while everybody else is hyped for it and you can talk about it and stuff. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, 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 I'm really excited for this one. Brandon hype check. I'm excited. Mostly. I don't know. I watched the most recent trailer and it did intrigue me more than some of the other ones. I do like what they're doing with the more sandbox feel. I think they took a page from some of the speedrunners and saw all the crazy shit they were doing and yeah. the things they were building and said, hey, we got to do something like this. Right. Um, so I'm interested to see what people will do. No doubt uh, from some of the previews that we've seen that there are some uh, truly interesting things that can be made um, from all the gadgets, um, but not super thrilled about having to play it on my Switch, but obviously there is no alternative. 
Um, so I hope the performance is on par with Breath of the Wild. Um, I would hope at a minimum, yeah. Um, you know, which is just passable. So that's all I can really hope for. Um, you know, as as much as I've bitched about Nintendo in the past, I'm still going to be playing their game on day one. As Dave said, there's no reason not to buy it. It's not getting cheaper. If you think you um, might buy so, it in the next three years, you might as well buy it now. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Breath of the Wild was um, undoubtedly my favorite Switch game. It was worth the purchase with how many hours I put in it, period. Um, and probably probably the most value i actually got out of my switch uh, to be honest with you so um yeah i'll give it another go i am really just hoping it is a continuation in a lot of ways i mean clearly it is um but i mean in all senses i just want more of what i had um with some new stuff would be cool so looking forward to it yeah i I can't wait to strap an eyeball to an arrow and shoot it don't even tell me that i so here's the thing i'm excited for it because i love zelda i love nintendo even though i hate nintendo but I have not seen anything past the very initial reveal trailer for oh, it. Oh, shit. I have not watched anything. Uh, I pre-ordered it because I know I'm going to play it. And it was uh, the pre-orders were $60 and now they're going to charge 70 for it. So I saved myself 10 bucks there, hopefully, if they don't screw me over later on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm pumped for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm also excited because my nine-year-old has been playing Breath of the Wild for years now and uh he's excited to play it so we're going to be fighting over that that little cartridge for sure but uh i'm dad so i win (laughs) no matter what so that'll be fun but yeah just to see him also get to dive in and and experiment with some of those more uh physics-based things like we were talking about that obviously he uncovered by himself in the first game like he's not on reddit and on on twitter and stuff to see all that stuff so when he finds something it's legitimately uh like a discovery it's not he saw something and goes and tries it out so that'll be fun to watch too 10 days away boys 10 days yeah that's pretty close 10 days eh guys i think it's time to talk about what we've been playing and i kind of want to wrap this into news as well as what we've been playing specifically with redfall because redfall is the first of microsoft's first two big games that are coming out this year. And it is sitting, I think, at a 64 on Metacritic right now. Yeah, a Absolutely rough. abysmal uh, review performance at the very least. But Dave, you're the one who was very excited for this game. You're the one who I think had the highest expectations and is the most disappointed. So I want to give it to you to just absolutely obliterate them, which I assume <laughs> you're going to do. Yeah, so the three of us... Um... Plus the fourth played for like three hours last night as soon as it it uh, dropped, so to speak. Um, and I, I literally woke up like feeling hungover. That's how bad it is. It's <laughs> I, I can't I, I'm just well, like because you were up past your bedtime. No, I am. I, I can't understand how this happened because like. This is this is Microsoft. Uh, when we were playing last night, I, I kind of pointed out that in my mind, they had two big games this year, which was Redfall and it's Starfield. And and they kind of marketed as such. And yeah, they had Minecraft, but these were the two big new ones. And and how they let this happen is is just, it's beyond me. And this this isn't some 
They didn't take a flyer on some unproven studio. This is arcane. It's fucking arcane. And what they've produced is, is just a lackluster, completely uninspired, like clone of something Ubisoft could, could like shit out and be so much better. And it just, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. And this isn't a game that is bad because the performance sucks. This isn't a game that's bad because, you know, there are issues that can be patched. This is a game that just like was clearly thrown together. And I did highlight this like last week or or the week before that it's starting to look like arcane, like Microsoft forced arcane to make something that would have mass appeal and get a bunch of new subscribers on game pass day one, which regardless of how shitty it is, is still going to happen. And that's, it's just, I, I don't understand. I, okay. So I played it on series S and, and I, I could not believe what I was looking at sometimes. Um, and I, I don't know if like Arcane came into this and they wanted to make something that like had their signature, like visual style. Like if you've played Dishonored or you, if you played Prey or if you've played um, Deathloop, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's this weird like visual flair. It's like they started going in that direction and some fucking executive walked into the room is like, no. That's too cartoony. You need to make this like more realistic looking. And then they had to kind of somehow shoehorn like this visual style in that just doesn't work. And it just ends up looking muddy and shitty and uninspired. And you walk around this world and there's nothing going on. And you fight these enemies that just like just are so I don't know. The vampires are kind of cool. I liked my character's abilities. I played as Layla. Other than that, it's just like, I don't understand how this happened. It's fucking bad. It's bad. Yeah. Discuss. Disappointing. (laughs) Very disappointing. I was also very excited for this game. Um, The performance is a huge issue for me. Um, I mean, the, the writing was on the wall with this whenever we couldn't even manage to get 60 frames per second on next gen consoles. Um, I think that that kind of set the precedent for all other mediums uh, as far as the game goes. I think the idea of this game is really cool. And in playing it, I could see bones of something that could potentially be fun, but it was held together with bubble gum and duct tape. Um, It's so disappointing as someone who very much enjoyed the first Dishonored um, didn't get a chance to play the second one, but nonetheless, loved the first one. Um, it's so disappointing to see such a talented studio, uh, for whatever reason, whether that be executive or otherwise, um, just completely fall flat on their face. Um, I think that it was a risk in general for them to make this type of game, period. Um, so the fact that there wasn't some sort of oversight saying, hey, we need a lot of extra time to perfect this. Hey, we need, you know, we need some, <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's like, it's, it's bad. It's bad. The map is not huge. Um, somehow baffling things would happen performance wise. You go inside of the building and the performance gets worse, which is usually the complete opposite. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, you know, and you know, Dave said it, it's just a lot of it feels incredibly empty and, um, you know, misguided. Um, the dialogue, uh, 
at best cheesy, which, you know, I played a lot of games like this. I That's not my biggest complaint, but when you wrap this entire shit sandwich together with that, um, it's just very disappointing. Um, I do want to enjoy this game, and I do think they will desperately, desperately try to fix what's there. And I could see in maybe a year's time this being a passable experience. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, Xbox... It's rough, man. <laughs> it's real rough. You know, we talked about the hardware sales and, you know, with the two giants of this year, uh, one of them being just completely subpar. And, you know, even if it reviewed 10 points higher, like I would have been willing to accept a mediocre game if it was just fine and average in all ways. But I think the biggest oversight for this entire experience is the combination of many many lackluster and sometimes egregious factors coming together to make a bleh video game but that's kind of just the best way to describe it is just bleh yeah and you know that's not to say that like i didn't have some remnants of fun last night playing it but part of me really wondered if that was just because I was playing with the boys or I was actually having fun because from what I understand from reading reviewers as well is it's just it's not really a game that is as rewarding or as fun to play solo um so I don't even know why that's an option and you know just as a an aside I played for a couple hours what do we play for like three, three hours or th- so three yeah. four three and a half whatever um at the very end I I, I black screened and lost every single bit of my progress for that entire time played. So yeah, that kind of marred my experience a bit too. Um, All things aside, I am willing to give grace to things that seem fun and it doesn't even have to be the best. It just has to be fun. And a lot of things prevented me from having fun. Um, And that was just really disappointing because I love the idea. Um, And I agree with Dave. The vampires are cool. Thank God it's not zombies. Um, but yeah, just really, really just a fat fucking L. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you losing all your progress sucked, but in fairness, uh, what were you going to use that progress for? Are you going to play this well, game? Dude, no, no, <laughs> because you know, we played for three hours. I could have yeah. went into my game and had those guns and those abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I just meant like, are, are you, are you going to play it? I'll I play probably it. will play oh, it. Oh, really? And, okay. It, I mean, if there was anything else I was really interested in playing, like, here's the thing. I'm going to probably talk about this next week, too, and I'm sure we might even get a patch in the next week. Sure. Um, I would hope maybe maybe more than one patch. That would be awesome. Um, But, yeah, I probably will continue to try and play this game just because I'm a first-person shooter whore. Sure. Um, In the the PvE sect of uh, first-person shooters, you know, big AAA games, it's like sometimes lackluster either way sure. but um yeah I'll, I'll probably continue to try but yeah just overall kind of disappointing so yeah here's here's my i agree with basically everything you guys have said um my question is more i guess it's more what happened and not just how did the bad game how did the game come out and be bad it's that why why did arcane make this game dude so Ar- Everybody keeps talking about how like, oh, Arcane, they're not live service people. This isn't a live service game. For those who don't know, like the only thing that can be kind of live servicey about it is that it's multiplayer and there's progression. And by the way, there's only progression really if you're the party leader. Otherwise, 
nothing you do carries over except for your character stats. But like, this is not the kind of game that Arcane has made in the past. And I want studios to be able to go out and do things that they don't normally do and like, you know, have fun. You don't, you know, even if you don't like what a band does in the future, hopefully you can still call it quality when they change their style completely or something. But Arcane is capable of so much more than this. And they've proven that time and time again, even though it hasn't always been received as well as it should have been, uh, at least commercially, critically, it usually is. But this is, this is not the, even if it was a game I wasn't interested in, I wouldn't expect it to be boring as an Arcane game. Yeah. And it is boring. And performance issues aside okay it's a brand new release we just talked about all these other games that are coming out and are bad are poorly performing i don't hear people talking about how jedi survivor is bad they're just saying it's broken i think this game is both broken and bad yeah did did the same people that is arcane split into teams they are yeah okay so the people that worked on death loop did not work on that's my understanding though i don't know that for sure i think this is the people who did um the game prior to that. Okay. I'm going to have to give it some more time, but even the like moment to moment feels a performance aside moment to moment feels insanely better than, than this newer iteration. Yeah. The, the, the first person shooting mechanics. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. The other thing is like when we were playing last night, how many times did we get to the end of a mission and we had that prompt up on screen? This is mission complete. It happened at least three times where we all said to each other, is that it? Yeah. Anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. For a game that was built around co-op, like it just didn't seem to scale at all for having three or four players in the game. And it like, you know, go to this like grave site and kill like two or three enemies, maybe four, and then interact with this gravestone. And, and then we had like that one like raid basically we did where it was a little vampire layer or something. And same thing there. Like it was just, it's just so underwhelming in so many ways. It's it's crazy. It's just crazy. And and I don't want it to be understated how like unalive. And I, and I get that's that's like the premise of it, right? Is that the vampires have taken over? But there are many ways that you can make a game feel like you're not just walking through a luminol space, you know, and like a ghost town, more or less. I don't know. It's just it it felt strange. It's like the action was all combined at once. And then when you were outside of that, it was like just walking around this empty house, picking up fucking wire. You know, I I don't know, man. And to answer your question, man, I don't know what happened. What could have possibly happened here? That's it's just so disappointing because of of the team. Yeah. You know, it just if this was some no name studio that just popped up out of nowhere and they were like, here's our first game ever. We hope you like it. And I was like, you know, this game isn't great, but it's their first game. Like, this is some fun. You know, this is okay. It still would. The problems would still be the problems, but I would excuse it more. Right. This is Microsoft first party. And above that, it's arcane. What's the budget on this? Story? Like, like too much. Like, just think about it. think about that. You know what I mean? Like, and then the marketing budget on top of that, this is one of the biggest marketing campaigns I've ever seen behind a Microsoft game in the last probably 10 years. Although there's only been like four in that time. Yeah. <laughs> you got Halo this, and th- that's the only, only marketing I've seen in the last yeah. couple of years, but it just, yeah, I don't know, man. And 
Two other things. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if I have two, but one of them. Story. The story, the the cutscenes, bad. Are just just bad. They're just moving pictures. Stills. They're just stills with talking over them. It's like a ten year old game. In a lot of in that respect, yeah. Whenever you're playing it, and like even some of the beats, it's like you know moments into the game, you establish a base, and you're like, oh, I guess, I guess I established a, a base, right? And then go around and walk walk around and just talk to these people and 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 follow them. If I don't know, it's disjointed in so many ways. Yeah, even if they totally fix the performance issues, which I haven't really even gotten into, but it's not good. But even if they fix the performance issues, is I don't know if the game is alive enough to make me care about it. You know, like, let's say I don't care about story. I'm just out for a good time of Blast and Vampires. I don't know if that's there. Even with perfect performance, don't care about story. The world's still not interesting to me. It's just mission, boring, repeat. Yeah. And by the way, why are they charging me for health packs in my own camp? Okay, I'm out there busting my ass. That's a, that's a, that's a game design choice. But anyway, well, it, here's my other thought. At one point in the game or in the marketing, they said like, oh, no, you're not going to be tethered close to your buddy. So you could be on like all four corners of the map and, you know, it, it'll be you're, you can be far apart from your team. But then in the game, they put in a thing that was like, and maybe this was in there from the start. I don't know. You know, the closer you are to your people, you build trust and get like boosts and stuff from that. And I'm like, is that because they knew how bad like they did they add that because they knew how bad the performance was? And I assume this is hosted locally on like one person's machine. So you're running off of I assume. I don't know that for sure. Like, did they just know that like if okay, so you can technically go far away, but if you do, you're not gonna get this bonus. But what they really meant was if you do. Uh, the game's going to suck even more, and we want to incentivize you to stay close so the world doesn't have to render in multiple places. That's just my little conspiracy theory, but it very much felt like that. Dude, we didn't mention this, but we didn't talk about the AI. What AI? That's what I'm saying. They are, like, laughable. Like, I was seeing reports of, like, you walk through a doorway, and the AI just, like, can see you clearly, and they just, like, turn around. And I, I, I have that happen to me. They just feel so mindless. Like sh- so much of this game feels thoughtless. And I don't. And I know there was thought. Right. That's what's so baffling is that so much of it feels like a cliff note. When it couldn't have been like they had to have known they did not have to release the game in this state. They had to have known. Why? You only have two chances this year to get big. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, they have other games. I know, but like... But they're not... But like what I'm saying is that like even investors or otherwise, and I guess the sales numbers will give us a better idea of how, what's going to end up it's happening. It's still going to move Game Pass I, subs. That's the crazy part. I, I know, but like at the end of the day, it's like if it came out as an 85 in four months, right? would it have pushed more Game Pass subs? I would think, yeah. Yeah. Because it's getting press right now. Of course. Is it good press? No. Is no. is all press good press? No. I don't know, guys. I don't know if that's true anymore. I don't know, about, guys. About video games. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. guys. It's it's sad. It's very sad. 
Dave, any more words to say about Redfall before we move on from this topic? No, let's move on, please. Okay. Dave, what else have you been playing this week? (laughs) Uh, I got another Platinum this week. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it's not shovelware, but it's close to. Um, It's the game that I, like I suspect many others, uh, really, really enjoyed for the hour I played it before the game I actually wanted to play when I got my PS5 finished installing. Uh, and that's Astro's Playroom. <laughs> Dude, that game's awesome. You can get that platinum in three hours. Um, Took me a little longer, but yeah, yeah. It, like it's. I love that game. It's yeah. it's fun. It's cute. And I wish Sony would do a little bit more with Astro. Um, yeah. He seems to just kind of appear whenever there's a console launch. But I, I think he's generally a good mascot. A lot of cute and fun stuff, and it doesn't just need to be a tech demo. But yeah, Astro's Playroom plat is in the bag. Um, Such a great little experience. For yeah. Sure. Uh, played a little GT7, uh, nothing more I need to say there. Um, and I also jumped into Valheim finally. Okay. Oh, cool. um, only played a few hours, but uh, I do want to play more. I was telling you, Ben, last night that I really, really like the survival mechanics in this game, um, but I do not like building. Um, and there's a lot of that in this game. I don't know that it's mandatory or, or anything like that, but... Um, it's the tools are good enough that like I'm enjoying it and I, I want to keep playing it in spite of the building. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I finally tried Valheim. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more of it now that uh, my gaming schedule is suddenly freed up. Um, so yeah, Valheim Astros playroom and a little bit of GT seven. Nice. Brandon. Uh, well, aside from Redfall, uh, tried. Finally, I tried battlefield 2042. Finally, finally. Um, and uh, on PC, I was having having a pretty good time, to be honest with you. I was having a, a, a pretty damn good time. Um, reminded me a lot of Battlefield 4, which I've talked about before. My favorite Battlefield by far. Um, so was a really interesting experience coming from having played probably over 100 hours of Call of Duty in the past year. Um, it has such a different feel. Dude, Brandon, you've played more than 100 hours. Yeah, probably close to 200. I think Modern Warfare 2, I played 250, and I haven't played it in months now. Yeah. And you played almost every minute of that one. Maybe me. 300. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, just it was good to get back into this type of game, even though it, it does share a lot of similarities to a game like Call of Duty. There's a different feel about it in general. Um, I love the big scale battles. They do it better than anybody. A game of Ground War doesn't even compare to a game of Conquest. Um, so really cool to kind of get my feet wet with that again, kind of go back into my sniper boy days, Yeah. Um, get the bullet drop going. So um, something I appreciated about it as well, um, sometimes I don't just want to go and get my shit pushed in for like an hour and a half, you know, when I'm playing <laughs> a new game. Yeah. So there is an option actually specifically with conquest and other modes um, to just play with bots. And it was actually pretty fun. Um, shame me all you want. Um, but it was really fun to just go around and get like an actual adequate amount of kills in a, <laughs> in a game of anything that I'm playing recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just super cool. Uh, it ran pretty well on my, on my uh, PC and uh, looks like it's pretty feature heavy now. So, I'm glad to finally have that experience and glad to see that they kind of managed to turn things around um, as as it seems. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's it for you. That's it, man. Not a whole lot more aside from that. So, 
I've got two other things, three other things, really, I've been playing. Uh, the first, very simply put, is Beat Saber on the Quest 2. Uh, I've been playing at minimum uh, half an hour, usually more like an hour of Beat Saber uh, every day. Just as like a way, one, I just wanted to play my quest more. And two, just as like a way to exercise in a way that is tolerable to me. Walking, I don't understand. <laughs> Why? Like I walk to get places. I don't walk for fun. But like I can play a game and exercise at the same time. So I've been playing a lot of Beat Saber and my arms are sore every day. And probably, obviously, like, yeah, any movement, excessive movement is going to tire you out. But I I figure if I'm playing this for exercise, I'm actually playing it. So I'm like not just hitting the blocks. I am powering through the blocks, every one of them. <laughs> Smashing them blocks. Yeah. So it's not doing my torn rotator cuff any favors at all. Uh, but that's all right. That's good. That's good for me. Uh, the other thing is... Just something I've been playing at night, like when I'm, it's like too late to start something good, but too early for me to feel like I can go to bed yet. And I've been playing a little bit of Loop Hero, Dave, Dave, bringing back the Loop Hero. Uh, We've talked about Loop Hero extensively, but I'm to the point now where you actually have to employ some strategy and I'm actually finding out like what gives me specific resources and what do I need to build and not build in order to not overcome my character and what are the things like don't just pick the the stuff that is the highest stats pick the things that are best for my character's build and stuff like that so it's like it's really fun it is very simple it's the whole game it can be played with one mouse click uh, or with with one mouse button essentially uh but i'm having a lot of fun with it if you don't know what loop hero is it's been out a few years now it's on game pass now go check it out it's um it's a good old time but basically it's a um it's it it automatically does your battles and everything pretty much all you have to do is say stop and go and select uh your your weapons and placements of things and it's a good time it's definitely not like going to change your world but it will uh suffice if you're just looking for something semi-mindless and more passive to play for sure and then the final thing is ravenlock and this is the reason the show for patrons is delayed very slightly uh, Ravenlock is from Coco Cucumber. It is the last game in their Voxel trilogy. Um, they previously did uh, Riverbond and uh, dang it, I can't remember the name of their other game. I'll I'll think I'll think about it. But uh, Ravenlock is an action RPG, uh, very Voxel style, of course, coming from Coco Cucumber, especially in this trilogy of games that they have. I say trilogy, but it's not. It's like related in slight lore reasons and maybe some like nods, but it's not actually like a continuation of those games. But basically you start off, you're moving with your family. uh, You get whisked away through a mirror, you know, a looking glass into another world where they tell you that you are Ravenlock and you've been sent to help free the world from, uh, you've been prophesied that you'll come to free the world from the evil queen that's there. And basically the game is a stylized retelling of Alice in Wonderland. It's not exactly like that, but like there's many, 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 many illusions, including the queen all the way down to some of the enemies you fight and some of the things that you're doing. And like, there's a tea party and a rabbit and everything else. So like, it's very much in that respect, but the music is awesome. The art style is phenomenal. The thing that really sticks out to me is the combat system. And the combat basically consists of your sword, your shield, 
and some special abilities that you get that you acquire throughout the game. And all in all, the combat system is incredibly simple, which I think works for it and works against it at the same time. It's my favorite part of the game in that it feels so satisfying. Like you can you can dash infinitely. You can swing your sword infinitely. Like there's no cooldowns and you can just smash, 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 smash and then dash out of the way before you get hit. You're supposed to block, but my little pea brain couldn't figure out if I was just doing it incorrectly or if it just wasn't very effective. Uh, so I don't know about that, but even though it's not terribly challenging, it's meant for uh, all ages and all experience levels, I think. But it is, um, it's a lot of fun, a lot of puzzles, uh, very cute. It is on Game Pass starting on Thursday the 4th, I think. Uh, so I would, 4th or, I don't know, Thursday is when it actually comes out. Uh, so I would very much encourage anybody who has Game Pass to definitely just check it out. It took me about six hours to play through the game uh, pretty much completely. There were like a few collectibles I didn't get. I have no idea how long they take to acquire because I was playing on the Epic Game Store. Uh, the code was provided to me by the PR team. So I have no idea. Uh, I didn't care about achievements and therefore I didn't care about the rest of the collectibles because they weren't going to do anything really for me. Uh, but very cute game. Very beautiful. Uh, a lot of fun. Just, I don't know. I, I can't speak highly enough about it. I have a video review up now if you're listening to this. Uh, it should be up on my channel and you can go check that out. But definitely at least wanted to mention it and give it a high recommend. It's an easy recommend for me, especially since it's a short experience. Uh, it, like I said, it's not terribly difficult. And the puzzles, some of them did stump me for a little while. But overall, like it's just it's just fun the whole time. You're having I'm having a good time while I'm playing it. And I can't ask for a lot more from games these days especially ones that work you know like this game already worked flawlessly i just want to have fun then right so that ravenlock definitely did it for me so i would give it a shot for sure brandon you said you're going to check it out yeah yeah i'll give it a go i don't know if i don't know if it's quite it might be too simple for your for your big brain well but uh i think it's fun i think it's fun anyway Wait a minute. You said you think it'd be a game that I would like. Is that, are you calling me simple? <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying you can enjoy simple things more than Brandon. Okay. It's my ADHD brain. Nice save there. Yeah. Ooga booga smash. That's what I like to do. I mean, in, in the same breath, I said that you like it because it's more simple. So I did technically say that, but it's fine. I'm saying, Dave, you can enjoy the finer things in life without needing them to be academic. Brandon has to figure out the stats on his roly character so yes because i'm an academic there's no <laughs> min maxing in ravenlock min max there's not a lot of min here's one thing about about ravenlock i will say the upgrade system is effective but pitiful uh basically you go to the person you upgrade with and as long as you have the currency you hit a and it goes and then you get upgraded and you don't choose anything it just like upgrades all your stats and so like that was a little disappointing and in an RPG, even a simple one, I thought maybe like I would at least choose like, do I want more health or more strength? Like at least give me that option. But no, it's pretty much just level up to the next level. And that's that's it. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But overall, I I don't know. I just highly I think it's a really fun game. And it's only I think if you don't have Game Pass, it's only 25 bucks. And I would definitely pick it up for 25 bucks for the art style. alone. Honestly, it's it's really it's cute. That's good. Yeah, it's nice. That's it. That's all we got. Sorry, this is a, a long episode, everybody. Okay, don't get mad at us. 
it's 10 minutes over normal. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we had to talk about the shit show that is Redfall. Don't forget, if you want to hear us talk about shit on more Microsoft games, uh, you can go over to handsomephantom.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Sign up for as little as a dollar a month to get ad-free early access to the show. We very much appreciate that. And of course, the Discord over at handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Come on, hang out with us, uh, make fun of bad games together, and celebrate good games. Although lately, how many of them are there? How many of them really are there? That's all we got for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>